0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we'll be talking about the ninth round already of the World Cup in Valdesau. The first race in Italy in terms of World Cup since Fiucci. so that was 5 years ago. Not much change in terms of the riders on top, but we will still discuss that. We are talking now with Twan and Issam. Welcome on the show guys.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me.
0: So as I said, the World Cup in Valdesau took place. We'll first talk about the men's race. And there we saw another strong showing by Wout van Aert, tell us about it Isam.
1: Yeah indeed, uh, van Aert that already was on two out of two and uh, willing to make it three out of three. However, van Toerenhout, the one that started as a man with a mission, very fast together with Iserbit, the World Cup leader of of, uh, of this season. Uh, but however close by was Wout van Aert, very um, attentive driving from him. And, uh, yeah, two out of two will eventually become three out of three. But let's talk about how he did that. Um, in the second lap, he tries to put them a little bit under pressure, gets a gap. He makes a small mistake in the third lap, allowing Van now to come a little bit closer. Uh, another one that made a, a mistake in that third lap was Eli Ezerbeet. And actually that put him a little bit off the rhythm. And from behind, someone that uh, is not having the best of season starts... Tom Pitcock, who came back relatively strong uh, after a not so really good start. Uh, and they would battle for third place uh, to, together with Elie Iserbeet. Uh, in the end, Pitcock would have the edge on uh, Elie Iserbyt and actually finish on the podium in P3. Uh, but Van Thurenhout uh, got then the second place uh, secured after having some hope and uh, trying to get some get a little bit close to Wout van Aert. But in the end, there was just nothing they could do to, uh, yeah, three out of three of Wout van Aert.
0: I mean the parkour here in Soul was a perfect one for Wout van Aert in my opinion. He of course raced Essen yesterday, we'll talk about that a bit later, but the parkour here, yes it was technical. No, van Aert did not nail the technical sections, but it still required a lot of power because the top layer of snow was loose and underneath it was a hard layer. So it was really about the power and the guys with the big engine. And we could see that Van Aert really has that. We, of course, also know that from his racing on the road. But in my opinion, it's not a surprise that Van Aert wins, especially considering that very long running section uphill, which without a doubt also benefited him as well with the combination of that section before. So I'm not surprised that Van Aert wins here again. And it confirms what we said last week, the talks of, oh, I'm not that good. It was all just a bit to try and temper the expectations once again. Yes, the gap today was smaller, but in my opinion, it just shows Van Aert clearly the best here in absence of Mathieu van der Poel.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we talk about the gap being smaller. I think obviously that had to do with the parkour. This was uh, in a way ideal for van, van Aert because there were a lot of sections where you could use that, that power, like you said, and also that running. Uh, but I think overall it was a very clean race from his side. He was not really... Caught in any big troubles, obviously he made that mistake where Venturino got some hope and came a little bit closer. But um, at the moment, we have to conclude that there is just a gap between the the, the full time cyclocross riders and Vanart. At the moment, Van aert is uh, very strong. Obviously, I think he goes uh, now for a, for a training camp with the team Jumbo-Visma, and he's then going to you know train a little bit, have some um, you know have the meeting with the team. And then when he comes back, uh, we're finally going to see some battles with Van der Poel, So I'm looking forward to that. But we have to conclude that uh, Van Aert is just uh, very strong. And uh, there was nothing they could do today as well.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree on that one. Van Aert, he om- only did a couple of l- laps pre-race. I think three or maybe he got four in. Which was a bit strange to see because all the riders were saying you need to do a lot of laps. And I think it's all. It resulted in Wout van Aert's his technique being a bit rusty, but he can afford that with his power advantage. I mean, it's just kind of unfair. Like, Van Turennaut nails all the technical parts, but it's just, what, 50 watts short of Van Aert, and then there's just no competing. I mean, of course, that's part of the sport, so it's not, in that sense, unfair. But I do think that Van Turennaut did a very strong race, probably his best one of the season, And then to end second here, you could really see he was confident on the snow, sending it through the downhills, knowing which lines to take through the corners. And I think that just showed Van Turenout here. Recently, Ton and I talked about it off the podcast that Van Turenout had fallen back a bit towards the consistent level of just outside of the podium. But this is a step up again, right, Ton?
2: Yeah, this is the kind of performance you really want to see from Van Turenout, just Uh, Yeah, being the second man today, uh, it's a very solid performance in the snow, and uh, as you said, just needing the technical parts, which
0: is really important in a uh, snow cross as well. I think uh, the team can be happy with the performance of Michael van Turenhout, Paul Sauze, of course, now having van Turenhout in second, and Izabiet in fourth. Probably the performance of Izabiet was a bit disappointing. What do you guys think about his race? I think he was
2: struggling quite a bit more with the snow and just adjusting like the whole race and uh, it really shows just struggling a lot and uh, yeah a fourth place to show for it
0: yeah i think so as well and maybe the cold also got to easy i mean this is just speculation i don't know anything about it but we do know that easy tends to suffer a bit with cold temperatures same does kind of go for tom pitcock and it's not strange these are two smaller riders so they tend to get it colder earlier than the other riders so that could have affected them but Iserbiet overall he did a lot of course practice with Van Turenhout, and there you could already see that Van Turenhout had more confidence and I mean I think a fourth place here for isabit is nothing too shocking it's a solid result and I think he had fun today and that was probably also an important factor he was very positive about the parkour and that's why I think he had fun also looking at his reactions post-race but he was very positive about the parkour. He said it's the most beautiful parkour of the season so far. What do you guys think on this new venue here in Valdisol? When I was a kid and it was finally snow here in the Netherlands, like, one of
2: the things I absolutely love doing is just taking my bike out and just racing around. Because I don't know, it, it just feels so safe in a way because like, there's no really crashing hard and it just makes for an amazing experience and you get to Like, really feel like you're putting it on the edge all the time. And I think uh, it's just beautiful to see that they have that with this venue. And it's certainly something that cyclocross uh, should try and look for uh, a bit more, especially, of course, with it aligning with the Olympic ambition that is there.
1: I I think um, this is a concept that is tried. And th- that successfully has been tried. I'm a bit disappointed with the participation. I mean, obviously, you cannot control that as organizers. And I think they did a, a, a sublime job in, in, in the footage. And the way they tried to promote it, it was, was really good. Uh, it it kind of reminded me a little bit of the, um, the, world, the World Championships in 1999, I think it was, in Poprad. Which was 20 degrees minus, and it was was crazy as well. And then you had that thing as well with the snow that the snow was you know, it was it was stuck, it was not loose kinda. It well you had you had like those trails that you can go through but you can also avoid them a little bit and go on some newer snow. But I think, you know, this is this is something that is um that is that is gonna work, I think. And it, it's 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 gonna be more popular in the future. And I think it's already popular and I only heard positive news, so Uh, I I hope that this is something that's going to be staying for for more than one or two years.
0: Well, I'm optimistic that it will, because the story here is different. It's more a story of, yes, it's organized by the local organizer, by di Sol. But in reality, it's really the Flanders Classics who have the keys in their hands of this race. It was Thomas van der Spiegel, the CEO of Flanders Classics, who wanted a race in Italy. He looked for a venue. He teamed up with Pozzato to do that. They came to this region, this is a region, the the, the the region Valdisol, but also the region Trento. They want to profile themselves as also regions where summer sports are possible and define themselves as cycling regions. So they put a lot of money in and it looks like they have a sustainable fi- uh, financial model. Spectators' number were pretty okay, 2,500 spectators. And we were in the middle of the Alps, it's not easy to get here. People drove up all the way from Milan or from Trento, which are both more than one-hour drives. And to me, it's impressive that they can get that many spectators out to this location. promotion has been looking good, and the parkour also looked good, provided us with some stunning footage. But was everything perfect? No, not really. For spectators, it was a bit hard because there wasn't a lot of shoveling next to the parkour. Some of the crossings were very narrow, so that was a bit of a mess. But they can learn from that. It's not some kind of crappy race that we have seen sometimes in Italy, like in Fuji, where we had a very dodgy parkour, almost no spectators. This looked good, and I'm confident that this will stay on the calendar. And next year, probably, will be back. And hopefully, then, the riders of Trek Balazs will come to the start. Not only because for their own best will, but also just for the best will of the sport. And what I really liked about how they promoted this is that they really used the big names. Van Aert, Voss, and Pitcock. Pitcock spoke a lot about the race, did some couple of clips, and spoke about it, and that also helps. If we are now also speaking about Pitcock, what did you guys think about his race today?
1: I think he struggled a little bit in the beginning, then kind of got in the rhythm. Still had some mistakes here and there, in my opinion, but it was overall it was okay. I expected a little bit more from him. I, I thought that... Uh, it was going to be technical enough for him. He, I, you know, I have a feeling that he is someone that really uh, can put a lot of risks in a couple of corners. Uh, sometimes you even have the feeling that it's an all-or-nothing uh, way of, of going into a corner. Uh, which, in my opinion, was 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 a good idea for something like this in the snow. Uh, but obviously he didn't have the greatest start. Didn't really get in the rhythm in the beginning. And then when he got in the rhythm, he had that battle with Izerbiten eventually got, in my opinion, the, the highest possible position after everything, and I think he can be very happy with the podium finish.
0: I think so as well. He lost already 30 seconds in the first part of the race, and that's the just the first lap. After that, he did a good job keeping the gap consistent, even riding faster than Wout van Aert at some point. But eventually, once we came towards the end of the race, Pitcock started making more mistakes, and I think that eventually cost him a potential second place. But, well... I think everybody has made mistakes here. Van Aert also crashed at some point. So well, it's just telling for this parkour, it's so challenging because there were a lot of corners which were just slightly off camber, which made it super tricky to navigate. So yeah, I certainly like the parkour as I said earlier and I hope it's here to stay. Let's run down our entire top ten. We had that win of Van Aert ahead of Van Tourenaart, Pitcock, and Izubeat. These are the riders we discussed. Behind that we saw Hermans ahead of Niels van der Putten, Kevin Kuhn, Daan Suter, van der Bos, and the 10th place went to Corne van Kessel. Let's start with the rider in 6th place, Niels van der Putten. In my opinion he rode a very mature race, once again pacing himself well, solid final lap, eventually just 1 second short of a top 5, I think he can be very happy.
2: Yeah, very strong race and at the end uh, nearly made the catch on Quinton Hermans. But uh, just came a few meters short as uh, in the sprint he uh, absolutely couldn't come around. But uh, yeah, very good race once again by him. And uh, this is what you want to see from
0: him, especially in a field like this. I think he liked the parkour. He looked confident on his bike and as I said, a very mature race. What do you expect for the rest from the season uh, of Niels van der Putte?
2: I think uh, with Nilswander but uh, it's one of the better U23 riders so we expect to see him around the top 10 sometimes maybe around the top 5 depending on the field and uh, on the parkour of course and you just don't want to see him drop back too far in races like late Zondo, for example where he then gets 25th
0: yeah I was looking at the under 23 world cup standings that will be hard he had a bad race in Tabor ending 13th I think he had a mechanical issue there but Yeah, that's probably off the table, but of course, if he continues performing like this, the world title is not off the table at all in Fayetteville. And today, he just looked like in his zone on the parkour. He was sending it through downhills, looking for the right lines, and that was what made it interesting. He spent a lot of time practicing the long straight before the uphill, which the woman ran and the men could ride for, for a bit. But that one was... Really tricky, because it was in the shadow, so the riders had trouble seeing where, where the ruts were and where they should ride. And we saw a couple of riders crashing, or almost crashing, on the straight there. Kind of comparable to riding on mud, actually. So, yeah, I think he eventually got that one right and uh, managed to continue riding. So, yeah, eventually in the final parts of the race he also to Kevin Kuhn, but Kevin Kuhn, in my opinion, also did a very good race.
1: Yeah, Kuhn as well, somebody that, that has the experience in the snow, eh? with a Swiss rider that, you know, did a couple of uh, EKZ races in the in the, in the the snow. So he had, um, you know, a little bit more experience than others. And, um, you know, he proved that today, getting a top 10, solid top 10 in the World Cup. Obviously, we missed uh, the guys from Baloa's track lines, but nevertheless, a good result and uh, definitely promising.
0: Outside of the top 10, there were some riders who slightly disappointed me, to name a few. Tom Meuse, Marcel Meissen, Ben Turner, but also the likes of Bertolini and Dorigoni. I expected these to be better, but they all ended more than four minutes behind. Tom Meusen, known as a snow specialist. Let's start with him and Marcel Meissen, both snow specialists. What do we think was up with their race, or don't you guys have a clue because it wasn't broadcasted?
1: I at least have no idea, so I, I don't know what what happened with the guys, but um I can only assume especially like you said I mean it it was kind of like power but then also a lot of technique and also a little bit of uh you know making sure that you go through the corners in the, in the correct manner um so I think Milsen and, and Meissen definitely had like you know had a chance of getting in a top 10 and uh, to be honest I kind of expected Milsen to do a little bit better than this. But then again, we don't know what happened in the first lap. It's very hectical and you can lose quite a lot of seconds in the first lap if you're stuck behind somebody on a hill or you know, it's it's very tricky and very hard. So uh, it's very hard to say if, if they didn't have any problems in the first lap. Uh, but yeah, kinda disappointing in a way for sure.
0: Yeah, so I did see him come from the back as well as Meissen. Meissen always tends to be a slow starter and then gain positions again. But today he just couldn't do it. But it's maybe also a bit of overcompensating after a bad start, and on the parcours this I've said it already a couple of times. It's making it's about making as little mistakes as possible. If you start pushing too hard and make too many mistakes, then you drop uh, you drop places, and that might be what happened here. Bertolini and Dorigoni never really got into the race. Maybe they just don't like ri- racing in the snow. That is very possible. Um, but yeah, I had a hope they would do better, and for Ben Turner, I just think. It, he struggled with the snow a lot. I could see that in the downhills. He was not confident in corners. He had troubles. He, The only thing where he looked really good was on the running section. But yeah, I don't think for Turner this is his true level. Finishing uh, more than seven and a half minutes down on the winner. So I guess we'll need to wait and see uh, what that brings next week. Because next week we are racing in Namur and Røkve. But Namur is the more exciting one. Let's go on and talk about our women's race then. That one was very exciting, especially in the final stages of the race. Twan, what happened? We saw a
2: very strong uh, femme van Empel and very confident as well on the snow, and she would lead for large parts of the race. As behind her, the scene would change quite a lot, uh, some women struggling. With mechanicals uh, as well as crashes, of course. And uh, but in the final few laps, uh, it would be Magali Rochette closing the gap very quickly and looking quite threatening. But Marianne Vos would overtake her and send it up the inside in one of the final corners of the race on Van Van Empel, but she would clip a uh, pull, and that would be her race over, basically, as uh, Femme van Empel uh, waited for her to get up, basically, but then uh, still roamed away from her, claimed the victory, Marianne Vos in second, and Magalie Rochette in
0: third. Let's talk about that phenomenal ride of Femme van Empel a bit, what do we think happened? She set out very fast, she was confident, and then she had a gap of over 20 seconds, and it melted, like, well, not, I would, li- I would say, like, snow in front of the sun, but... There was sun and the snow didn't melt today, but um, her their advantage just disappeared. What happened? Did she overcook? Was she starting to make mistakes or what was happening?
2: I think she just ran out of energy at some point and it just, yeah, it was kind of it. And it was just hanging on for dear life and hope
0: it was enough on that day. I do think she overcooked a bit, but I also think it was maybe a bit of leaning backwards and relaxing because well not relaxing like really relaxing but relatively relaxing already in the second lap she had a solid gap and Groenendaal, her trainer already started saying continue this and you will end up uh, winning which was very early in my opinion but that was what he shouted after marianne mechanical and van empel she in the beginning consolidated the gap and then it started to drop but because she didn't have an An answer to Rochette and Vos closing the gap. I think she did overcook. But of course the mental mindset is also very important. Nevertheless, Marianne Vos riding her first race since the ones in the US. Second place. She could very well have won here because she had the mechanical and the crash.
1: Yeah, I mean Vos was having an unfortunate time in this race. I think if the luck was a little bit more on her side, definitely um, have won. I think and that's maybe bold to say and it's if 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 but you know in my opinion she was uh, the stronger uh, woman today and she was also the one with the most confidence and we could see that the way she fought her way back to to Funample and you know in the last uh, corners making that decisive move almost made it stick but then just uh, the the steering wheel or the the, the, the steering was just uh, at the pole and it was done for her and then uh, I think Van Empel was very nice <laughs> letting Foss get back up on her bike and letting even uh, g- you know, give her not a head start but just uh, start equal to, to go for the finish line I would have done it a little bit different I think a lot would have done it a little bit different but uh, she decided to wait uh, that's fair enough and in the end there was no controversy so in the end it was all good uh, but in my opinion I think Foss uh, could have won today uh, and uh, lost first place
0: I think for Van Empel there was just nowhere to go. She was stuck behind false sand, I mean she could try and get around but it would have been hard because there was not really space, the snow was super loose there and with super loose I mean she could have disappeared with into the snow with her knees. And then she would have probably still lost from Vos if she needed to run or ride. So I think Van Empel made the right decision. The crash was fully Voss her fault. But I do think it was the right time to make the move. The finish straight was so, so, so short. Only 70 to 75 meters. And yes, Vos has a crazy sprint. But could she have overtaken Van Empel? Very hard to say. I don't think so. But without that mechanical, for sure, I think FOSS would have been there. That mechanical took ages to repair because her chain was frozen. A spectator helping didn't really help. So, yeah, I think without that, we could have seen Foss uh, win here today. Which would be very special because we, if we go way back to our preseason podcast, we were doubting a bit the abilities of Marianne Foss is still do good in cyclocross. We've seen the level being so, so, so high and she's still competing here. Don't forget, she's a seven time cyclocross world champion, so it's crazy to see her still fighting at the top. And we are now have really have our confirmation we're going to see a peak Foss at the world championship. There was a bit of the question which Mariana Foss are we going to see here? One that's going to need time to build, or one that's immediately there? Well, it looks like she's immediately there and she can compete uh, for, well, probably the world title, in my opinion. What do you think, Twan? Can Foss claim an eighth world title?
2: It will be very tough, but uh, she's definitely
0: in the pack of women that has a possibility on her day. I agree, but maybe we also need to start adding Magali Rochette to that. Or at definitely for a podium, because today she claims another World Cup podium. Third, 11 seconds down. Yes, she gained a bit of time from the incident between Vos and Van Empel, But Rochette, in my opinion, put together a very good race and to end third... Again, just a very strong performance by her.
2: Yeah, I must say I already added her to that list of uh, potential podium contenders or maybe even a little bit more. Uh, when she was able to do what she did in Biz and, so and Today is just confirmation uh, really in her element and uh, riding around with a lot of confidence was great to see.
0: I think she was the most confident rider out there today. She was looking good, was going well. The only thing was she was struggling on the part with a lot of corners after the start. So you had the start-finish straight, then you went right into the field. And basically from there until you came to the steep downhill, she looked to be struggling. I could not really see what was happening there. But I think for Rochette, she was the strongest, but maybe couldn't get the laps together. And without that, she could have maybe been even further towards Van Empel and Voss. But nevertheless, I think she can be happy with this race. And the same goes for the rider in fourth, Eva Lechner. She was with Rochette for a while. These two riders, in my opinion, have really, really put in a solid performance today. I mean, for Rochette, it's a, maybe a bit less surprising considering her results earlier. Although for Lechner, it's not a massive surprise. But if I look at the results of Rochette, they have they have been so good recently. Since she came to, to Europe again like Tabor 10th, Urban Cross, like 8th, and since then, 2nd, 4th, and 3rd in top-class races. I mean, I just can't keep stressing how special it is to see such big steps being taken. However, Issam, what do you think? Can she men- maintain this form until we reach the World Championships? Because there's still a long Christmas period going.
1: I, I, I think it's definitely possible that she will she will maintain this form. I don't see her, like, drop very badly and i think if she took the right approach to the season and the goal is indeed the the world championships which in my opinion i think that will be the goal i think that she will be having like um that that there is there is a training camp coming in and there is some sort of uh kind of like descending of form coming in somewhere and then we will see again the the climbing of, of of the shape and uh i i believe that that she is an outsider for that for that world title obviously she's not gonna be uh the main favorite and i wouldn't really believe in her chances of winning but i think for the podium for sure uh, you you know you have to watch out for somebody like that that is you know used to race in in the states used to race in 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 that part of, of of the continent and uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Dutch women to, to really um, get a grip on her. And, and I think she's definitely an outsider there.
0: Let's run down our entire top 10. The podium was Van Empel, Vos and Rochette. Behind that, we saw Eva Lechner, who put in a solid race on snow. And then we saw fifth place for Denise Betsema, head of Helene Clausel, Alice-Marie Artsouffi, Sonnekant, in eighth, Puck Petersen in ninth and Sylvia Persico in tenth. I would like to talk a bit about Denise Betsema. I think she had a bit of a disappointing second half of the race, did she? Just like Van Empel, overcook or was it something else?
1: I have no clue, to be honest. I, <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's a combination of, you know, being a bit overcooked in a way and not having the maybe the confidence as well. There were some mistakes made here and there, and I I find like the way she's uh, dismounting her bike and stuff. It's it's all just getting a bit slower and uh also some parts she can do very well but then it seems like her gearing is just a little bit too low so she slips the rear and it's you know it's it's all like moving all sides you need to really have some balance and in a way I'm I'm you know there were some some moments that I was like, like, like you you can you know you can do better than that and uh it's a bit of a shame i think she she has the potential to be honest in my opinion to to be on the podium definitely the the strength and Um, normally for somebody that loves to ride in the sand, it shouldn't be the biggest issue, but, you know, I guess that it was a kind of an issue, and uh, maybe the shape was not there, who knows, it was obviously very hard traveling, so we you know, it's very hard to guess but obviously from what we saw you know, it was not really the the best of performances, and I think she she just overcooked it a little bit from the beginning of the race
0: I think she does have the volume to compete here for a podium or a win, but she doesn't have the confidence and technique. I mean, I saw it a lot. She was going pretty slow through corners, and she could still fairly decently compensate for that with her power. So that leaves me to speculate that she lost that power and that it went from slow corners, fast straight to slow corners, slow straight. That's kind of how it looked. She never really looked confident. It did look she did improve, I must say, compared to the course pre-ride and even during the race in terms of cornering. But it's a big difference here: is the snow is everywhere. Like you have some sand sections, but you hardly have sand sections where you go like 20, 25 kilometers an hour and need to do steering. That's really rare. And here on the snow, you have that in every corner. You ca- you approach the corner sometimes with an even higher speed, and then you need to navigate through that corner which feels like you're riding somewhat through sand in terms of drifting Mm -hmm. but that can be very challenging and I think BetSmart just lacked that confidence a bit and yeah I mean a fifth place in my opinion is still decent but it doesn't look good for her world cup classifications I mean she really needed a win here to come back into it and even then it would be hard against Lucinda Brandt but yeah now she's still second despite having raced one race more than Brandt yeah it doesn't look good however there were plenty of other riders in the top 10 is there any name you would like to mention Twan?
2: i think uh our two three really performing uh in one of her best races all of the season i think that's worth mentioning as well as well as peter's uh having quite a tough day out there which is uh, very unfortunate for her of course uh going all the way out here uh, because she really wanted to be here and then to come home with such results, probably not what she would have wanted.
0: Epic yeah, Peters only ending just ahead of Silvia Persico. Persico was tipped in our preview podcast by Arzufi, I think, to do good, or it was Lechner, I don't remember, but she was tipped to do good. Decent performance by the young Italian. I think her form is not as good as at the beginning of the season, but nevertheless, it's still a breakthrough season for her, so she can be content with another top 10 at the World Cup. Outside of the top 10, I also saw some interesting names. I think Sidney McGill, the Canadian, 22 years old and 12, did a good job. Same for Annette Tauber, although I must say Tauber and Annette Terpschra both uh, were suffering a lot through the snow sections. There was also other racing this weekend. Yesterday, there was an Atheist Cross in Essen. We did not make a podcast for that because it was just not interesting. The men's race was dominated by Wout van Aert. He won with almost two minutes over Thijs Aert and Pim Ronhaar. Pim Bronhaar maybe was expecting a bit too much for himself. He said, I want to compete with Van Aert to end two minutes down. Well, maybe he just overcooked. That's what he said himself. Women's race also not that interesting. Zoe Bakset dominated from start to finish and won with one minute over Laura Verdonschot and one minute and 36 seconds over Anna Kay. Zoe Bakset here became the youngest ever winner of a uh, elite woman race in Belgium. So that's definitely impressive, isn't it?
2: I think it's very impressive that she is able to do this at such a young age, but I do think it's important to make a note that this is probably uh, one of the worst starting fields we've had in a women's race, like this decade in Belgium. Uh, maybe only, uh, yeah, even Belgian championships uh, are better. Uh, maybe Moelebeke this year was like, and even then there were a few better people, so, but it was very impressive what she was able to do, just just uh, managing to take that race home, just absolutely dominating it from start to finish.
0: Yeah, startless quality was not great to say the least, but hey, you got to deal with the people who are there and uh, be there or be square is what they say. So Buckset was there and won the race. But no, I do agree. The matter of winning a televised cross in or outside Belgium has dropped a bit because it's simply now with the World Cup so big, the ATS crosses have really lost their... Um, how do you call it, they've really lost their prestige, they they don't add anything, I mean, it's just an atheist cross, if you win it, good, but in my opinion, winning a cross like this is not more special than doing what Cameron Mason did, he won two races in the UK, the Canfield CX and the National Trophy Series Round 5 in Cyclopark, the women's race in the national trophy series was won by millie cousins and the day before it was josie nelson who won the clanfield cx but there was more racing u.s national championships for instance clara honsinger claiming the national title in the women's category and katie klaus claiming in the women under 23 category scott funston claiming the men's under 23 title men's elite results are not in as we speak there was also racing in spain where felipe orts claimed two victories in the men's categories and Lucia Gonzalez Blanco claimed two cat- wins in the women's category and then finally we come towards our last races they were in um, Troy and there it was Joshua Dubo who took the win today and Loris Rouillet who took the win yesterday in the men's category and in the women's category Lien Berquier claimed both victories well that's certainly a lot of races we haven't even mentioned all of them but Nevertheless, good to see this. This is actually the last weekend with this much, much racing. For now, it's mainly focused on Belgium. Next week, Rukve and Namur. I'm looking forward to that races. Hopefully, you guys do that as well. Ton and Issam, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And we will be back this week with a preview podcast for the World Cup in Rukve because Mathieu van der Poel is starting his season there. Unfortunately, not against Wout van is on a training camp. Thanks everyone for listening to this podcast and hopefully you guys will tune in once again this week. Goodbye.